It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Happy Tuesday. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Make sure to subscribe on Audio Boom or iTunes. Leave a rating. Follow the Locked On Podcast Network at Locked On P. The podcast network that is rapidly growing and should have a complete lineup by September 15th. New to debut, we welcome to the family Locked On Broncos. The defending champions finally have a show, and the host is no slouch. His name is Dave Logan, and he was behind the mic calling the games as Denver surged to a Super Bowl. Brandon Kristall is his co-host. Locked On Falcons, representing the NFC South, joins the party. Knox Bradeen will host Locked On Falcons. NBA Network, also very strong, 25 shows, including Locked On Timberwolves, which will debut shortly. Alan Horton, Jim Peterson, if you're familiar, will be hosting that. Today on this Tuesday, we go through some Vikings FAQs. It's an FAQ Tuesday As we try to address some of your concerns, some of your anxieties, entering the 2016 National Football League campaign. First question, with a little help from a friend. Is Vikings fullback Zach Line in danger of being cut? Is Zach Line in danger? Quick bio on Zach Line if you're not familiar. 26 years old, Minnesota Vikings fullback. His fourth year in the league. As a rookie, he was part of an MMQB.com profile series tracking his pursuit of making an NFL roster. He did make an NFL roster, undrafted out of SMU. Didn't play much 2013, started one game at the tail end. 2014, same story. 2015, no Jerome Felton. Zach Line becomes the team's leading fullback scored three touchdowns one via the pass two via the rush played in all 16 games last season very durable could Zach line be a casualty not necessarily because of his play but because of a position log jam at tight end players with more equity built in than Zach Line. The way the tight ends and fullbacks are coached these days, there are many similarities. Tight ends often can motion to the backfield and block from there. Fullbacks can often line up adjacent to the tackle or adjacent to 
the interior tight end and act as a blocker. There's a lot of interchangeable parts there. The Vikings also have a coach in Kevin Stefanski who's coached tight ends and, as of this year, running backs. So the coaching methods are coming from a singular mind. The Vikings have four tight ends right now, and all of them have claim to this 53-man roster. Kyle Rudolph is the primary go-to tight end. He's also 26 years old. He just signed a long-term deal last year, and he's coming off a career high in receiving yards. Rudolph's not going anywhere. Rhett Ellison, he's hurt right now, but Rhett Ellison signed a deal in the offseason, and as he recovers from a torn patellar tendon, he is believed to be ready to return for the start of the regular season, and he is the team's best blocking tight end. There's no question about it. Not to mention, he's got plenty of run at fullback in his Vikings career thus far, primarily in the Leslie Frazier era, 2012-2013, played plenty of fullback. He could step in and play in line spot, and that's what we're getting at here. Michael Pruitt, Another tight end they drafted last season, very promising. He's not going to be cut. David Morgan II. We've discussed him on previous shows. Go back and podcast them. David Morgan II out of Texas San Antonio might be the most impressive rookie thus far. Now, I will submit, as a rookie, he's probably the most susceptible to not making this roster just by virtue of his room being too crowded. The Vikings could try to sneak him on the practice squad. But I can't see the Vikings wanting to put him through waivers and at risk. He's been too impressive. I think he makes the roster as well. Can the Vikings afford to spend five offensive spots on four tight ends and a fullback? Remember, Adrian Peterson does not like fullbacks. I mean, he probably likes Zach Line. They probably chat. They probably hang out in the running back room and goof off while Kevin Stefanski tries to tell Adrian, hey, don't fumble. They probably go out to dinner and enjoy each other's company. But Adrian does not like running behind lead blockers. That's just his style. He likes to get a full head of steam leading up to the line of scrimmage, and then plow through the running lane. Lee Blocker's just getting Adrian's way. He's an unstoppable freight train. At least that's what he thinks. Is the fullback a wasted roster spot on this team? They sure didn't use Jerome Felton much in 2014 either. So little, in fact, that Jerome Felton decided he didn't want to stay around. He moved on, declined his player option, And left for Buffalo. As you construct this team in 53-man fashion, you're constantly looking, where can we save a spot? Where can we gain an extra body? Because we don't want to lose, for example, Austin Shepard. We don't want to lose Kentrell Brothers. We don't want to lose J. Ron Curse. There are so many intriguing pieces that you want to keep around and ensure could Zach Line be in trouble. 
potentially an expendable spot with potentially a replacement or fill-in in the form of Rhett Ellison or tight end du jour. FAQ number two. It's a quick one. When is the first round of roster cuts? Everybody's wondering, when are we going to have to stop covering so many different people? I mean, seriously, hashtag media problems, but you go to these practices and there's 90 guys. You've got your checklist in front of you trying to make sure everybody's accounted for. And of course, the Vikings are as secretive as it gets with injuries. And they've got about 10 guys right now who are in and out, in and out. You're trying to take a roll call. It's not easy. When does this thing get cut down and become more manageable? The answer, August 30th, one week from today. Next Tuesday, two days after the third preseason game, the Vikings will make their first set of cuts. Will you see anybody of note in that group of 15? Probably not. The most high-profile name that could be cut is Moritz Boringer. The optics of cutting your sixth-round pick in the first round of cuts, not good. Fans have taken a real liking to Mobo despite his dearth of talent, and I think they'll probably keep him around for the second round of cuts. There are plenty of expendable players, with all due respect, on this team that in all likelihood will not make it to the fourth preseason game. Top of the head, Kyle Carter, first-round cut. He's a tight end. Brian Leonhart, another tight end. He'll be cut. Melvin White, cornerback, gone. Terrence Plummer, gone. Sean Hickey, Carter Bykowski, Troy Studemeyer. I've already lost count, but those are the type of names that are going to be axed in the first round of cuts. And if you haven't heard any of their names before, well, that's exactly my point. FAQ number three. Why are there so many negative reviews about U.S. Bank Stadium? Hey, what's the deal with all the complaints about U.S. Bank Stadium? I thought it was going to be the Garden of Eden. I understand your concerns. It's easy to get caught up in the negativity. After all, for two years, heck, more than two years, since the designs first came out, fans were expecting a purple paradise without flaw that was going to house their team. It's very easy to create high and unattainable expectations, and that's what's happened in this case. Let me backtrack quickly. Through one soccer game and now a pair of concerts, chief complaints are, Traffic flow, not good. Human traffic flow, not good. Concession lines, too long. Bathroom lines, too long. Acoustics, not great. Okay. Well, let's think back to Target Field, year one, the Minnesota Twins ballpark. If you recall, trying to go to a Twins game year one and into year two was nearly... Impossible. If you had claustrophobia, it was not the place to be. With forty to 42,000 people there, night by night, capacity crowds, fantastic atmosphere when you're in your seat. Not great if you're trying to get to the game. 
or navigate the concourses. The time to see the stadium is not the first year, is not the opening handful of events. No matter how wide your concourses are, no matter how strategically you try to plan the parking grid, no city is equipped innately for the convergence of 65,000 people in one spot at one time. It doesn't help that people are all fascinated by this stadium, which is a good thing. There's interest. People are walking around trying to see every nook and every cranny. It's like when you're driving on the freeway and you see a crash, you're going to gawk at it, and it's going to slow everything down. That's what's happening at U.S. Bank Stadium. Outside the stadium, people gawking at the stadium itself, which is beautiful from the exterior. Of course, parking is going to be a problem. Building the stadium did not improve the surrounding road infrastructure. With time, your concerns will be alleviated. You will realize that part of the football experience, the wonderful football experience, is sitting in traffic and listening to the pregame on the radio. Got to get fired up somehow. Got to get in that right frame of mind. Turn on your radio. Watch the stream of people outside your car window. Be patient. Enjoy the walk up to the stadium. Enjoy that cloistered, claustrophobic walk next to your purple-clad brethren. Take in the atmosphere. Embrace the crowd. Let me ask you this. Would you rather have a crowded stadium that is loud and rambunctious and nuts for their team, or would you rather have the Jacksonville Jaguars, where I'm sure you can go get a hot dog anytime you want and not miss a play? Seriously, everything's going to be all right. If it's logistics you're worried about, if it's lines you're worried about, I guarantee you that the Wilfs have hired somebody to analyze game day operations, to analyze day-to-day procedures, and make sure that the process improves. It's going to be great. Trust me. The first game at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday at noon against San Diego. I'll be there for Cumulus Media and Cold Omaha, the group for which I write. And we'll have the complete breakdown of that game on Monday with Sage Rosenfels. Sage on Twitter, at Sage Rosenfels 18. Again, it's Locked On Vikings. I'm your host, Sam Ekstrom. On Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. I'll be at practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Follow on Twitter or just follow the podcast for your complete briefing every single day. Vikings will also be at U.S. Bank Stadium on Friday to get a feel for the lay of the land. Sunday is going to be a special experience. Final FAQ of the day. Who will be the Vikings starting center? Joe Berger or John Sullivan? To get you up to speed, John Sullivan coming off two back surgeries. Missed all of last year. Joe Berger, brilliant in his stead. Sullivan back. Berger back. Berger is long in the tooth. Still very fierce. Still plenty of tread on his tires. Basically a career-long backup. 
John Sullivan, looks to be 100%. But did those two surgeries and the accompanying rehab reduce his level of play? It's been a very even competition. The wrench that's been thrown into it is Berger's been forced over to guard spots for a couple weeks of camp. Sullivan's beginning the majority of the reps at center because Berger's been forced to play right guard and then for one day left guard when Boone was gone. So Berger getting less work at center, Sullivan getting most of the reps. However, when Boone and Fusco were both in the lineup on Sunday, it was Berger getting first-team reps at center. The first possible day that he could have played center, he did. So at least that tells me that the staff has not made any decisions yet pertaining to the center spot. It's hard for me to believe that John Sullivan won't be the opening day center because he is not nearly as positionally flexible as Joe Berger. Berger can play any interior position, and the Vikings need that. With no Mike Harris, who is your ultimate swing man the last couple of years, they need Joe Berger in reserve as the sixth man. I think John Sullivan is your week one center at Tennessee. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Big thanks to David Locke for having us on, of course. Hey, new segment idea. Help me out with it. It's called Ask the Sage. Use the hashtag Ask the Sage. Send me your Twitter questions for Sage Rosenfels. And in short order, we will ask him on the podcast his two cents. It can be about his playing career. It can be about the Minnesota Vikings here and now. It can be something totally random like creamy or crunchy peanut butter. Whatever you want to know. Hashtag Ask the Sage and let's see what happens. Let's turn this into something entertaining and informational for everybody. Follow me at Sam Ekstrom. Tweet your question. Use the hashtag AskTheSage. Speaking of Sage, he'll be back with us tomorrow morning as he returns from the great Northwest. It's the Locked On Vikings podcast. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Have a good one. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.